Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. This week I'm stomping with best friends, co-founders and body positive influencers, Steph Clear-Smith and Laura Henschel. Steph and Laura met backstage at Melbourne's Spring Fashion Week, not long after finishing high school as models. They both struggled with body image issues and relied on their friendship for support. Together, Laura and Steph created Keep It Cleaner, an app to build confidence, quash diet culture and embrace all body shapes and sizes. It's very exciting to meet Steph and Laura in my hemisphere. As Aussies, they are a long way from home, but I'm very grateful for their time today here in London. Before I welcome Steph and Laura to the Stompcast, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that supports this podcast. If you haven't already, please do rate and review the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps it get seen. You know, if you're walking today, stick a little photograph, share it on social media so people can see the podcast too. If you want to have access to Behind the Stompcast, which means early access to all the episodes on the Sunday, our Behind the Stomp episode, the Dr. Alex's diaries that go out every week, and the ASMR drops we do, then just subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's free for a month on a trial, and then after that, there's, it's about $3.99 a month and a discounted amount over the year. Do join us there. Right. Well, welcome to the Stompcast. Thank you so much for, for joining me. How are you both? Very well, thank you. So I'm Steph. And I'm Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, Steph. Uh, you're joining, uh, joining me for a stomp. Where are we right now? We're about to talk. We're in Regent's Park. <laughs> we're from Australia, so imagine if we got it wrong. No, we're in beautiful Regent's Park. You could have answered, to be fair, and it'd be perfectly acceptable to say we're in London. Yeah, Because okay. actually, well, we are. you're a long way from home. So if you haven't guessed from the accents, uh, we have uh, two Aussies with us. Um, you're both, are you both from Melbourne, is that right? Yeah. Both from Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. I love and the way you said Melbourne. Mel, uh, how should you say it? Melbourne. 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 <laughs> it's not Melbourne. It's not Melbourne. Not Melbourne. It's not like, it's not, it's not quite, uh, not quite right, I guess. The Welsh accent, I'll, uh, I'll blame it on that. Well, I'm very grateful for you both uh, joining me on the Stompcast. I mean, what you've both done is, is incredible, really. Yeah, we were just, you know, briefly having a chat. Um, we've recorded a few stomp casts here in Regent's Park. There's a lovely cafe there, which I'd recommend people come and grab a coffee before we go for a walk or an <laughs> ice cream or whatever. But we were chatting about like what you've achieved uh, in the last few years. Uh, so I thought, you know, always best to hear from the horse's mouth um, and to explain your own journeys and things. How did, how did you go from starting Kick in 2015 and the kind of mission that you've been on? How did you start in 2015 and now be across God knows how many countries with the app, multiple books, huge number of followers, and people turning up for events in London like you ran on the mm. weekend. So how did it all happen? Well, it's very surreal. We certainly didn't set out to, I think, well, we didn't expect it to be what it is today when we started. In 2015, we started with an ebook. Um, it was filled with 37 of our favorite recipes. Um, there was no information about, you know, calories. There was no like, super restricted uh, restriction on like the ingredients used and all that it was just kind of taking cooking back to basics because what Laura and I found was that at the time 
um, in the fitness industry and wellness industry. It was kind of either your fitness fanatics having boiled chicken and broccoli and like everything was about counting calories. And then on the flip side, the wellness side of it was very much like go to your superfood store or spend like $200 on organic products. There was nothing really in between, which is kind of what we were both fortunate enough to grow up with. Um, and we had lost, I suppose, uh, that relationship with food when we both were on social media, had eyes on us, had the pressure of society, um, also both did modelling as well. Um, and unfortunately for a couple of years there, we looked at food and exercise in a very unsustainable and unhealthy way, but unfortunately a very common way um, in that we kind of attached everything that we did physically and everything that we ate um, to some sort of aesthetic goal. Um, and for both of us, it was just to be smaller really um, and just to lose more and more weight. So that was kind of what bonded us at the beginning. Um, we, we met through Fashion Week and we had a lot of the similar experiences within the industry and with our bodies. And we just kind of wanted to have like a safe space, I suppose, in the industry that took things back to basics. So yeah, started with the ebook, but we wouldn't have imagined it would have get That's to quite what it a, is today. It's quite a story, isn't it? I mean, so Kick stands for, or originally stands for keeping it clean. Is that right? And you've changed it to keeping it cleaner. To reflect, like, I guess the way that society is changing in terms of how it views health. And I, I was actually, I was saying to the team before we started this, I was, I'm really, it's really nice to see when people, particularly I think in the health and fitness industry, recognise, okay, like the times are changing. What does this word mean to people? And making changes because, you know, I think, we're all learning all yeah. the time and like you know I, I i'm not a big fan of this is very a bit of a tangent but i'm not a big fan of the word adhd for example i can go on about all the reasons why i think that and i in 10 15 years i think we'll use a different word to describe mm -hmm. that and you know does that mean that now we should look back and everyone use the word adhd or oh, that's terrible yeah, that's awful yeah. we can learn and grow and i think that's a big part of as social media changes and people's attitudes through health changes and it's about growing and changing with it so i actually love the fact that you didn't go right scrap it completely it's like mm. let's make an, uh, an adaptation to that to actually capture what we believe is important so when did you realize oh actually maybe we need to adapt the name of this maybe there is a, a different way to kind of capture what we're trying to achieve so we started in, when, so in 2015 we were Keep It Clean and then 2016 we went to Keep It Cleaner with yeah. the ER on the end. And there wasn't, to be honest, there wasn't a lot of thinking <laughs> that went into that except how can we change this to kind of show that the business is growing sure. and we've got a new product. But then from there, it was actually at the start of this year, when we first started, the word clean didn't have the negative connotations mm -hmm. around it that it does now. And, and just as you said, like we only know what we know and we can only do you know, what we do based on what we know at the time. And so as we have evolved as, as people and then also the industry and the health and wellness space has evolved so much, clean now does have like negative connotations and, and a connection to diet culture, which it, as at kick, like as Steph said, for us to have both, like the reason that we started in the first place was because of those like really, really horrible experiences mm. that we went through. And especially like with confidence, like it's, it's with your body and the way that you treat it, but it was like both of our confidence was so low because of that. And so, so many of our community members go through the same thing and Kik's able to help them with that. And for us, it just felt like, okay, we've, we've grown, we've evolved and now we want to be bolder, um, especially in our spaces. There's a lot of, and obviously different things work for, for different people and that's okay. Like you have to find what, mm. and that's the thing with health and wellness, like really if we're all supporting each other, we all should be happy if people are getting healthier. That, that's all that really matters. But what we find is like for us, what we say with the app, like 
we're all about feel good for you. It's not about, we, you know, when you enter it, you don't have to enter before and after photos or like weigh yourself. And we don't talk about our weight being attributed to our worth because it's not. But for women, we're told like that that's important. Mm. And so because of that, what we find is in, in the space, there's, there's a lot of different apps and a lot of them might say kind of like, oh, it's all about how you feel. But then you enter the app and it's like, okay, now enter a photo of yourself. Sure. Yeah, what's your goal? What's way? your way? What's exactly. Your yeah. And so we want to be bolder and kind of really, really stand up against that. But we felt that um, our name didn't feel true to us anymore. And mm. so that's, yeah, we evolved. And it was a, the, the team, our team did an incredible job w- with the communications. And it was a really, really big task, like from a business perspective in making sure we get it right. Mm. Um, because it's obviously something we care so much about and so we were already affectionately known as kick anyway um, but it was kind of the official move and it yeah it feels really good it works as well I guess the kind of the kick it just feels like you're um, it's like an action it's like yeah, a movement. It's punchy. <laughs> Start, get going or whatever it just feels sure. punchy doesn't it yeah. um, you have like three four hundred thousand followers on the actual kick uh, Instagram page so I mean it doesn't take a lot of maths to work out there's a lot of people that use this app maybe you could describe like what is the app for who is that for what mm. what is it for and you know can you get it anywhere is it like around yeah. the world yeah I mean it, absolutely I think that's the beauty of the app and um, that's why we wanted to create it in the first place was to make you know healthy living super accessible not everyone is um, I suppose as fortunate as we are to be kind of educated on on health and fitness so whatever we can do to make it easier for people um, and give them more variety and options as well. So the app is available globally and predominantly our users are in Australia, but we do have users everywhere, which is just so surreal. I mean, even being here, having them come up to us. We had an event, um, didn't you? Did, you had, like, yeah. It was packed with people. And it's is, is it for women as well? Is it an app for women? Because that's what I'd say, a lot of, is women predominantly that event, yeah. right? Women are non-binary, but honestly, mm. like so many people get their partners onto it. Yeah. Um, it's just that with, you know, with kind of being able to target women in particular, they're who we can relate to the most. And mm. we've created this safe space where not only like fitness and, um, and food and stuff is spoken about within our community, but it's like relationship advice and like period pain and all of that other stuff as well. So um, it's been pretty incredible. But I think for us, the testimonials that we receive from people and what we really feel like we're doing is changing the relationship that they have with both wellness, but also themselves. And that is just the most rewarding thing to hear when people often they come to kick because maybe they've tried another program or a challenge or they just haven't found something that they've been able to sustain and stick to um, or they've found that it's too restrictive or that they're not able to like kind of enjoy themselves with their friends without feeling guilt around what they've eaten the night before and when they come to kick um, they might be a little bit lost in that and then they find this like beautiful supportive community and all these experts that are so kind of welcoming and encouraging and finding what works for them like we have hit boxing yoga strength pilates there's 14 different trainers there's run programs um, you can follow a program you can just do on-demand classes there's the recipes there's the meditation so often people come um, you know maybe with a certain goal in mind and then it switches and that's okay too because there's so much use to the app so we just like to kind of fit in their lifestyle however it suits them and take the pressure off and I think that's what people have found really refreshing because truly like for some people moving their body three days a week um, you know with a workout or um, 
making their meals Monday to Friday and then going out and having fun on the weekends. Like everyone's definition of what a healthy routine looks like is very different and we accept that and embrace that. I think one of the hardest things for anyone is working out the why of what you do things. And that's probably the most important thing, isn't it? Like you can go out and um, you know go for, go for runs and you can eat a balanced diet, but the reason you do that is absolutely fundamental because if you're doing that because you're trying to restrict, punish your body, you're trying to look a certain way, versus you're doing that to nourish, to enrich, to feel good. Those are completely different reasons why you're doing the same behaviour, but fundamentally it's so important, isn't it? Because it makes a huge difference to ultimately your sense of fulfilment. Like I grew up, you know, I'm 32 now, I grew up in West Wales, which is a, you know, Wales is a rugby <laughs> nation, as Australia is as well, and the pressures for like young men, which is probably mm. what I relate to, is to be as big as you can, six pack, muscles, mm. biceps, all that kind of stuff. So I grew up reading like Men's Health magazine, it was all about getting bigger and training, and, and, and that all the emphasis was on how, how you look. And I think that has changed so much for me now, as I'm like, in my 30s and I train, very similarly in many ways, I lift weights, I enjoy doing all those things, but the reason I do it has changed so much. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how much I weigh. Um, I don't really care how much I weigh. It's refreshing, um, isn't it? I just love exercising, I like eating good foods. I don't see things in a restrictive mindset. Like, I'd love to hear that kind of, yeah. not before and after in that sense, but I guess that process of changing your own mindset, because I, you know, as you kind of alluded to, Working in the modelling industry, I mean, I don't know, but I can imagine the mindset is about that restrictive mindset, perhaps rather than that nourishing mm -hmm. mindset. So, yeah, when did you kind of realise, like, I, this is not a way to live? And, and how can people listening, because I think it's really important to say, how can people listening change that mindset? Because it's very easy to say, it's very hard to do. Yeah. Very hard to do. When you look at the next picture, you see something on Instagram, oh, God, I... I know I'm going to try and nourish myself, but maybe I should just cut calories for a few weeks or, you know, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think what you touched on before about, you know, figuring out your why, that is honestly the most important thing and trying your best to be able to switch that from being some sort of aesthetic goal to something else is, is super important. And I think for both of us within our journey, um, yeah, 100%, like take me back 10 years and I was... I was definitely only moving my body for aesthetic reasons, you know, overall health and well-being. That was not really on my priority list, which is so unfortunate to think about, but it was all about getting smaller for me. And the thing about it when you have such an aesthetic goal is unfortunately more often than not, you might get there, but then you set yourself a new goal. Um, you never really get to a point where you're happy and you can stop because often what you have to do to get to this goal might not necessarily be super sustainable. So then you can fall into this really unhealthy trap of maybe getting to the end of, say, a challenge or some sort of diet that you've been on. You see some results, but it wasn't sustainable. It didn't suit your lifestyle. So then you might, I don't know, gain back weight or lose the muscle. And then you just kind of ravel down again and you go back down that rabbit hole. So, I mean, for us, it was realizing that there is so much more to moving your body and eating than you know what it does for your body and again we were very very lucky to have that relationship with food and exercise as kids even we both loved sport um, we just enjoyed it and i think the biggest question that comes up in our community is how do you stay motivated or you know how can you be motivated to move your body so often and often when you switch that why to something greater than just what it, how it makes you look, 
that's the best way to try and find like a, a, a more regular way of being motivated, I suppose, because you're motivated by the bigger picture. And I think for me, it's like, I wasn't myself. I lost all confidence. I lost a lot of energy. Um, I wasn't myself around my friends anymore. Um, I was really confused with my goals. Like there was so much else that it affected in my life. Um, even though I was losing weight or I was maybe reaching these goals of mine, I wasn't happy. Um, and so, you know, I might be 10 kilos heavier than I was back then now, but I am so much more fulfilled in life. I still move my body and I've been able to find a, a better relationship with it that actually makes me so much more motivated um, to, to do that movement. So. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Laura, as, as we're listening to staff talking there, like how do you reflect on... Or how do you think about like goal setting now? Because you know, if you look at it neurochemically, like setting goals and achieving goals equals dopamine, and our brains love dopamine, <laughs> right? And the thing is, is that when you look at weighing scales, or you look at like measurements of your waist size, or your arms, whatever, chest size, guys, whatever it might be, um, it creates this kind of competitiveness that you create dopamine for. What is a challenge is that what we're looking for for overall well-being is not dopamine-driven, is it? And if you're looking for general actual peace, you know, that sense of like fulfillment and, and joy in your life that's, that's more than those waves of dopamine, it's not that easy. So how do you kind of navigate that? How do you within yourself, you know, as Steph was kind of saying, make sure that you think about that bigger picture of, of health. What, what, what does that look like to you now? It's such a tough one. And I'm like type A personality, like <laughs> regimented. I'm, and because of my, that in me, I'm really disciplined. And so that's why for me, like I went down this path of when I was, so when I started, like I was just obsessed with my weight because I could control it. And what I found at that time, and this is the lesson that I learned through that was I remember I was, I was weighing myself every single day, like mm. three times a day. Okay. Three times Which a day. Which really, three it's just water weight wow, at that wow, point. Wow. Exactly. And so I was weighing myself all of these times. And at that time too, I was completing my law and business degree at uni. And I literally had no brain cells because I was so tired because I was not feeding my body enough because I was so fixated on this weight. I didn't care. It was, it's isolated me so much because I mean, I wouldn't go out with my friends because I was like, oh, I, don't, I can't control the food. Mm. Like I can't put it in this tracking app. So like, see what I'm eating and so I remember um, there was this moment and I had this goal weight and I stood on the scales and I thought in my head if I get to this goal weight mm. I will be so happy I will be so fulfilled like that will be what will bring me joy 
and I stood on the scales and I got to this goal weight and I remember looking in the mirror and I did not feel one sense of, of happiness or fulfillment. I just looked at my body and thought, well, now I need to change all these other things yeah. as well because I'm mm. still not good enough. So what you're saying is that you get to your goal and then the goalpost shift. It, every yeah, time, sure. e every time. And it, it's because like all I cared about was being, it's like, it's so interesting in terms of the way society puts pressure on, on men and women differently. Like for women, it's all about being small, but then for yeah. men, it's like being muscly and yeah. vegan. So for me, I just wanted to make my body smaller and smaller. And what I learned through that is I kind of reflect back on it now and I've kind of tried, really had to change my goals is yeah. I've looked at my values, like what's important to me. So for me right now, like um, with, with my role at Kick and with all that we do, like running the business is really, really important to me. And to be able to do that, I have to have a clear mind, like, cause we have quite a, quite a stressful, running an app is quite a stressful um, <laughs> job. But those things, like I need to manage my stress to mm. be able to do my job. I need to manage my stress and have energy to be able to show up for the team, but also to show up for, for my husband, for my friends and my family. And so that that's how I overall, cause I know if I wake up, like this morning, I got up and went for a run because I knew we had this podcast today and I wanted to be clear with how it's speaking. And yeah. so for me, it's, it's that, that routine in the morning of moving and doing something. I know when I eat well, I feel good and I have energy. And that's kind of, it's like I, I do it for life. Like, mm. so I can be better um, and show up in all the areas that really matter to me. And then I find sometimes I will do, if I do want to work towards a certain goal, it might be like in the gym and, you know, currently I'm trying to do a chin up without the band. I'm using three bands at the moment, but so many bands that I feel like if most people use them, they'd spring into the <laughs> top of the gym. And then I'm also, I love running. I'm, I'm a runner. I'm currently, I just run for life. Like I, I run quite a lot, like five times a week. I'm not building up to anything, but I do find sometimes if I do want to have something a little bit more regimented, I'll work towards like a half marathon distance. When I'm listening, what you're describing to, to me is that, that concept of that delayed gratification, isn't it? Like the, the it, almost the, the instant gratification perhaps is around like, right, what are the goals? Like losing this amount, looking at the weight, weighing scales, think I've lost that today or this week or whatever. Whereas that delayed gratification, it's like you're, you're not just looking for that dopamine hit, are you? It's that kind of like, what is future self? appreciate like how does this what I'm doing right now how does that impact my health as an overall in in the future because I think that's what is hard sometimes is that you know so part of the reason why a lot of diet plans and things like 12 weeks they're, they're kind of deliberately set you know you're like right I can work towards 12 everyone can think of 12 weeks right but then it's really odd because those plans are so weird if you think about it because you get down to 12 weeks it's like well what what's the long-term goal isn't it that's the thing you have to then like frame and I do I do honestly think that I've certainly found like my own experience that like by creating rather than thinking of the end goal and just thinking of the process more like you're saying about running like you do it for life that the process is the goal and that's that life is the process and I think that's the thing like the um it's like with the hedonistic treadmill I think that's what the term is but how when we get to a goal that we it might be in health and wellness or it might be it could be in anything career or whatever it is when you get to something that you've been working so, or even getting married, whatever it is, this big thing that life tells us we should be so happy, the joy only lasts about 24 hours, and then you go back to your normal level. Yeah. So if we live our life just waiting to be only fulfilled in those big milestone moments, which like how many of those really happen, right? So like yeah. you said, like you do this 12-week challenge, you finish it, then what? You've, you've put yourself through this deprivation, you know, you've you felt horrible for 12 weeks and then you, you can't sustain that. So then, then you're gonna have to work through. And with that as well, it's like the thing that's so hard with these challenges and when they're really like 
you can't eat many calories and you have to exercise mm. is you then and this is why we hate before and after photos so much because I was so passionate about not not doing them not promoting them because you then look at your after photo and for the rest of your life if you've deprived yourself it's like when people like maybe sh like the wedge shred type yeah. of thing yeah. that photo is yourself telling you, your society yeah. telling you that that is the best version of you so any other version that you have in your life and we go through phases like sometimes we don't have as much time to exercise you might have a baby if, you know there's so many things that happen in our lives where our bodies might change but having that like reminder like yeah. well, that's what you looked like yeah. and now you're not good enough yeah. Yeah, it's like those, we often speak about like those pair of yeah. jeans that you've held on to mm -hmm. for like five years. <laughs> I think, I feel maybe, maybe it's more common in women, but um, it's like this weird thing inside that you're still, society still told you that like at your smallest is, is your best. And so you hang on to them thinking, oh, well, like one day I will fit back into them. And it's actually the best point. I think when I was able, and it was only, to be honest, it was probably only maybe three, four years ago that I got a couple of pair of those jeans and I finally just put them in the charity shop because I was like, what, why? Like, why are you, why is this Holding an issue for you that you're not the size that you once were when you were like 10 years younger? Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to get to that point. You kind of allude to it a little bit there that you do still, um, I think, I suspect most of us do, you still have to kind of sometimes crack that internal narrative that creeps in. Like, do you yeah. still, do you, do you find yourself sometimes getting into the thing of starting to judge yourself or starting to perhaps click into not old ways and how to phrase it but you click into a previous mindset do you see that within yourselves because I think it's, it's very hard to permanently just go like right that's it I'm fixed now I only yeah. see exercises for that like it's a hard one because I, I do also you know part of you when you get fit and you're strong you feel I feel I feel good I feel strong and some of it is that you feel aesthetically better in that, yeah. in that way and I, and I don't think we should sort of demonize that but it's yeah. certainly like the the mix for me is very different, shall we say. It was like yeah. before it was 90% aesthetic, whereas like now it's 90% I feel fit and strong, healthy, and like 10%, yeah, I do like that I feel confident in my clothes. Exactly. And that's fine. We absolutely right. Like we don't ever want to demonize it from being within someone's goals or um, something that they appreciate, but it's just when it is kind of the main driver or the biggest priority is when it can be really troublesome. I think hundred percent what we like to say I mean you don't especially when you go through things and you might have picked up um, disordered eating patterns and stuff like that that takes so many years sure, to sure. get over and really even once you've got over the initial kind of habit it doesn't mean that those mindsets don't still creep back in at times and um, it's certainly not to say that like Laura and I are super comfortable in our own skin these days but that doesn't mean that we don't wake up and look at our reflection sometimes and judge ourselves it's just that we've got to a point in our lives where because it's not something that we you know value as the most important thing about us we're able to kind of squash those thoughts and reframe that mindset um, I think it's normal especially if you've been through some stuff like for me um, I I was kind of the opposite to Laura. Instead of being super in control with what I was eating, I was, I was very restrictive, but um, I often then would allow myself to be completely out of control and I found down, fell down a binge eating pattern. So I fell into the cycle of feeling like basically a piece of shit at the end of each day, um, judging myself for everything that I'd eaten that day, feeling so guilty about it that I'd often purge. And so the thing that triggers me sometimes now is if I'm feeling sick, maybe I've eaten, I don't know, not off chicken, but like I've eaten something <laughs> ill. <laughs> Where like food has made me feel really yeah. sick. It takes me back to that feeling of feeling overly full because I've, you know, uh, overdulged. Yeah. 
and it takes me back to that mindset of like being sick and especially even when I am sick and this could have nothing to do with food this could just be because I have a tummy bug or something when I'm sick I'm just reminded of that point in my life and it makes me so sad because I couldn't believe that I would put myself through that um so but yeah it's completely normal I think no one can expect to go through these kind of thoughts and have these habits exist within them and then one day they're just all gone it's just not realistic well I appreciate your both of your openness and, and I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate and what I would say to any of the stompers listening you know if you're if you're listening to this and thinking um you know I'm uncomfortable with my relationship with food or you're worried or your concerns about things like eating disorders then check out Beat's website it's great advice there about how to spot things like that within yourself or mm. someone you're in your life. Um, Young Minds here in mind are also fantastic um, places to, to, to check out. Um, so thank you so much. That'll bring us to the end of uh, part one. Um, it's been an amazing conversation so far. I'd love in part two for us to delve into a little bit how, I think it's fascinating how you've done this as friends, like this has been a process together. You are both married now, so you've got to juggle not just your friendships, the business, but also the wider families. You're here in London, but obviously you're in Australia in terms of your, your home and stuff. So I'm really fascinated about how you juggle it all. So we'll delve into that in part two, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. See you all very soon, Stompers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.